Smoking Guns podcast from the city of San Antonio, from Alamo City, uh, all the way down to the coastal bend, parts unknown along the coast. We've got San Antonio pro football covered all the way around. It's the Smoking Guns podcast. We are a podcast that deals with pro football in San Antonio. That's all inclusive. It includes the San Antonio Gunslingers of the NAL, the 5-0 San Antonio Gunslingers of the NAL. Can I get a guns up? Guns up. There you go. Guns up. Uh, and we also cover the San Antonio Brahmas of the XFL, who is uh, they're on by uh, they're on the off season right now. We love them, horns forward, all of that. But we're going to spend a lot of time talking gunslingers right now because the gunslingers are five and zero, oh, and they are right in the middle of the championship push. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. right. I'm already talking about it. It's already time to start discussing championship games because we got a game coming up this week that may be a preview of a playoff game or a championship game right here in Alamo City. The Gunslingers are back. Before I go too far, uh, my name is Philip Higginbotham. I'm one of your hosts. I'm joined, as always, by my good friends, R.C. Woods. R.C., how are you? I'm doing okay. Hello, beautiful people. Ready to rock and roll. And Leonardo Yamas. Leo, how you doing? I'm doing good. What's up, Gunslingers posse? The Gunslingers are 5-0 and after a game against West Texas that was um, not what a lot of people expected. No. I think a lot of folks hoped that it would be, a lot of Gunslingers fans anyway, hoped it would be kind of a... a uh, lopsided? Yeah, lopsided sort of victory. It did not end up being that, a two-point win. Um, hey, a win, baby. A win, it is a win. A it win. is a win. But still, I know we wanted to make a statement. We did. Yeah. And the one thing that was driving me crazy, and I'm sure we'll talk about it later, was the time. The clock. What was going on there? What do you mean? Like towards the the end of the game. It it, was off a lot on the broadcast. But yeah, they they were not in sync with the game clock. But at least they were kind enough to to mention so. They they, they they were keeping us up to date on that. But there, yeah, there was a lot of uh, well, discrepancy. Leo, Leo, and I certainly know how that how weird that is to be uh, <laughs> yeah. trying to keep the clock in as the broadcast team because we had to do that for a whole season yep. with the San Antonio Gunslingers. But luckily, we don't call San Antonio Gunslingers games anymore. <laughs> uh, we don't have to do that because they brought in the professionals. That's Texas right. Sports Productions came in, and one of those professionals is a guy that's actually going to join us tonight. Ralph Judkins is the play-by-play voice of your San Antonio Gunslingers, and he got to go uh, on the road with the Gunslingers this weekend. On Friday night, he texted me, and he said, guess who's going to Odessa with the Gunslingers on the bus? And I was like, I I mean, I hope Fred Shaw and, and, uh, you know, Arvell Nelson, but it turned out it was Ralph Judkins. So we decided it was time to have him on. We've talked about doing this for a while, uh, but Ralph Judkins joins us now. He got to be our little embedded reporter for the weekend uh, with the San Antonio Gunslingers as they traveled to the Warbirds. Ralph, welcome to the Smoking Guns podcast. First time, right? It is my first time on. Of course, I'm always chirping in the comments occasionally when I'm able to catch it live. So this uh, this is a treat. This is an honor. Uh, 
I didn't plan on this. I was going to go to the game anyway, but uh, I figured, hey, it wouldn't hurt to ask if there was room on the bus uh, to save to save a little gas. And uh, I spoke with James Steubing, the general manager of the Gunslingers, and he said, sure, you can come aboard. I'll get you a intern pass. So mm. for the duration of this trip, I was an intern of the Gunslingers uh, and working under the direction of, uh, let's see, uh, Jimmy Sauceda, yeah. who, who is the man of every hat other than coach on the team. So equipment manager, logistics coordinator, fan coordinator, ticket distributor. Uh, that is what Jimmy has to do in his portfolio on road games. I got to help him with all of that. And it was a blast. It was fun. We got into some fun things that hopefully we'll get a chance to mention uh, that were, they didn't happen the way we wanted them to, like the game didn't go the way we thought mm -hmm. it would. Right. But they, they were still memorable moments. Hey, Ralph, I've got a question for you on that note, because as Philip mentioned a little while ago, a couple of seasons ago when he and I were uh, trying our best to pretend to be professional broadcasters, and we got to go on a we got to go. <laughs> that's right, fake it till you make it. Uh, we 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 got to go on a road trip uh, when the Gunslingers played the uh, Mississippi Raiders. Yep. And what we learned on that trip is, as a broadcast crew, you have to almost die at least three times during the bus trip. How many times did you almost die? I never felt like I was on the verge of dying. I was more worried about certain electric items dying and definitely worried about the loss of Wi-Fi on the mm -hmm. way out to West Texas and on return because there are some black holes out there. Luckily, I was almost always able to stay in contact and it was kind of cool because I got to help out one of the players uh, watch film on the bus off of my laptop because I had that connection and that was that was helpful and it was kind of cool because it was a DB and I don't I, I'm an ex-lineman you know big dude I don't know what they're looking at and it was it was cool to have him explain what he was seeing on that film so well, I'm what we're jealous Ralph I wish I could have gone with you that sounds I, like a lot of fun I was living the dream this was the ultimate fantasy camp experience how much would somebody pay to go with a team on the charter and be on the sideline with a team in the NFL? That would be a major, major prize that a whole bunch of rich people would love to pay the price for, frankly, to do that. I'm not that big into pro sports, so this is really my, my, my NFL, my team. And I'm excited uh, to be part of it. I was excited all the way through. I'm still not quite all the way down from the experience. As you can tell, I'm a little giddy. But, yeah, it, it was terrific. And I could imagine, yeah, a whole bunch of people, RC, would have been jealous of. Mm -hmm. And I was, I was rubbing it in on Phil the whole time. Was yeah, he was. <laughs> yeah, he was. So much so that you both got to watch the game by just watching the game. They're on your television set. You got to watch the game. I, on the other hand, got to watch the game with an earbud in the whole time, hearing what was going to happen about 18 seconds before it happened because Ralph insisted on rubbing in the whole game that he was there and I wasn't. Oh, we lost him. I upset oh, no. him. 
Uh, he'll be back, and I think he's still audio connected. I think he, we may have lost his camera for a second. Um, so, Ralph, are you with us, or do we need to wait? Yeah, I'm. I'm here. I don't know if you okay. have audio on me. I got audio, but I don't have video. But but I, audio I is the most important part. Yeah, there was there was uh, some glitch. So now it truly looks like a Zoom call. <laughs> I don't know so, why the camera. So, weird. talk to us a little bit about the bus ride, and I know you're working on trying to figure out technical things there too. But talk to us about the bus ride out to West Texas as you guys all arrive. You get on the bus. What is the attitude like of this team? I realize you can't speak to every team, but we're not interested in every team. We're interested in the San Antonio Gunslingers. What was the attitude like as you guys headed out to uh, or Odessa on Friday night? Well, it, what it reminded me most of was being in the military, honestly. It, it felt a lot like riding with my soldiers. They're, they're joking. They're comfortable with each other. It was, but there's this undercurrent of seriousness. And they were more serious than the soldiers I used to hang around with. It felt more like I was hanging around with Delta Force guys or Navy SEALs. In there was that quiet professionalism that was always there, consideration of the other guys, light talk, but they were focused. And that was just on the bus ride out more than 24 hours away from kickoff. It got even more intense on the ride over to the stadium. Mm. And they hmm. it was it was all business. It was all mission. They they were focused. They're 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 relaxed with each with each other, which is something that I think is a big plus and bodes well for, as you mentioned, Jim, and as we hope for something more, something more memorable on uh, on this season. I think you just called me Jim, but I'm going to let that pass. What? what? Uh, yeah, I deny that. I deny all. <laughs> right. You're right. I did. Uh, and all the, all the players were on the same bus or some drove um, on their own car? We had one player come in uh, because he lived in the area. Uh, okay. Hey. There back. you are. Uh, yeah. I don't know why the, the camera cycled. But he he joined uh, later Friday, so he was he was there the whole time and you know put into a room, and uh, away we go. Now, when you say it's intense on the bus ride out there, I think there's a tendency for some people to think of that as um, tight, as uh, you know, worked up. Was was there a a tightness, a tension on the bus, or was it loose and just focused? Like, what? how would you describe? Your word exactly was the one I was going to use, which was it. there was a sense of very serious focus. Okay. Uh, talking with Pierre, I sat opposite Pierre uh, to my left and uh, Kali. And, you know, I joked uh, Kali was travel size. He was able to curl up on both <laughs> Travel side, Kali Rashad. We love you. We love you. Guys, amazing, just amazing. Yes. So, yeah, it was it was cool to see them in these in these unguarded moments. Uh, as far as far as yeah, just focused. They they were focused on the job, and and Pierre was in uh, a case in point. If people had to complain about anything, uh, they didn't complain. 
The whole team sure. didn't complain about anything. There were some things that we could have griped and whined about, but Pierre always said two things. This isn't the worst he's ever experienced. And because he's the vet, all the others, he, that, that message was new to me, but certainly wasn't new to the rest of the team. That this is, this is what it is, and you are paid to do a job, so you come here and you do that job. And that attitude was reflected with every single player on the bus the entire weekend, that they were there with a purpose, with a mission, and they came to execute. So you get into game time. Uh, obviously, you guys uh, get up on uh, Saturday morning. You get out to the arena, to the Ector uh, County Coliseum, and uh, get all set. As we get into game time, where did you get to set up? I know the answer, but there's a bunch of people that don't. Where did you get to set up? Where were you through the majority of that game? I was in the lower left-hand corner of the screen most of the time. I was on the end of the bench for the gunslingers to my left was the roaming camera stand and people cycled in and out there. Uh, people would come over and around me, uh, had, uh, uh, Kadir Chisholm over there, had Arvell Nelson. I tried very, very hard to not talk to players during the game right. because it's not my place to say anything or advise anything. But when they said something, sure, I'd respond to that. Right. Uh, and yeah, we're, it, the, the tightness on the team, not not the wrong kind of tightness, uh, is evidenced by every time anyone comes by, they're all fish bump, fist bumping each other, all high-fiving, all talking each other up. Even when things weren't going particularly well, nobody was on anybody else. It was always encouraging to get back out there. I have a question, Ralph. So you were there. How many fans would you say came from San Antonio to go to the a game? I would say that by the time we had everyone in there, including players, we had about 20, 25. Okay. In addition to John Wayne uh, ownership representation, uh, it, it was there. And we also made the numbers were actually looking bigger than that because we were given, the gunslingers were given an extra 50 tickets that we didn't ask for. Mm. Uh, and they were given to us and it's like, okay, what are you, what are you going to do with them? So I was out in the parking lot during the tailgate starting at, at around three o'clock and walking up to people and say, Hey, you know, Dada, my gunslingers gear with my hat on. And do you have tickets to the game? Yeah, we do talk, talk. Hey, would you like a beer? No, I got to keep working. Uh, I ended up finding an entire group of fans that had come out and they were in Warbirds apparel and I asked, hey, you have tickets for the game? They said, nope. I said, do you want some? And we ended up, ended up handing out a whole bunch of tickets. I just said, hey, you, you're going to be sitting with Gunslingers fans. They, they didn't care. They, they were happy to come in. Oh, good. And there was a, I, I don't remember the name of it, but there was a, a youth sports activity cheer thing going on. That was the theme. And mm -hmm. they had a little festival with food and games outside, mostly with young children. So I went over there and found the promoter of that and said, hey, uh, I've got tickets. If you, you, know, you want to give them away, I need them given away for people who will come to the game. And he asked me, well, do you, do you want to do some kind of contest or another? And I said, yeah, the contest is how fast you can take them out of my hands. <laughs> and Good he immediately, immediately reached out. And so, so, so did he win or 
No. Oh, well, I'm sure you went because you looked like <laughs> a hero for the people that came out. And we did get and seated, seated in the gunslinger section. You saw a mm -hmm. bunch of, of kids with youth uh, shirts on, etc. Yeah, that was from that. And oh, that, nice. that was cool. We, we came off as good guys, not, you know, jerky visitors. Sure. Mm -hmm. And that, that, was, that was fun. James Palmer checking in on Facebook says Warbird fans around us were welcoming and honest or and awesome to be honest. Um, I love this this rivalry that is developing and and really over the last week we saw it. Top Gunner uh, and oh. I got into it on Twitter a little bit and then other people on Facebook started getting yep. into it with Top Gunner, which was awesome to see. But at the end of it all, like we're all able to shake hands and be like, that was great. Let's yeah. do it again in July at our place um, where we can beat you down again. It, it just, uh, I like this rivalry in that we can be rivals and still be, uh, you know, friends off the field. Well, I agree with you 100% on that as far as uh, the, the fans and the people following the team. Um, the mascot rivalry, the uh, everyone on social media interacting leading up to this game. But, and Ralph, you can confirm or deny this, but it seemed on the field was a different story. Like I even tech, I, I messaged Philip during the game early on in the game where we were, I was kind of like, there's a lot of uh, stoppages in play. Seems to be a lot more flags than what we're used to being seeing these last few games. And it certainly seems to be very, very chippy out there. Mm -hmm. Like, like things are coming to a boiling point. And you can all, you could almost feel it through the broadcast. And it, and it seemed like these guys out there were, um, let's it's just say they, they, did, they did not like each other on the field. That is. Well, there were certain players that were were pushing that more than others. There's, it's a it's a brotherhood. They're all professional athletes, and they're out there to compete. They're competing for their jobs. They're competing for their teams. They have to look out for each other. This is something I've I've said before uh, to Phil. In this league, teams compete. And they do compete. And we have wonderful parity throughout this league. But organizations need to cooperate. And that's what you were getting into, Leo, with the, the, the feeling about what the, what the game seemed like, what the people were like of Odessa within the, within the Ector County Coliseum and their operations. We are cooperating with them. They're cooperating with us. We are helping each other out on the field. Yeah, they're trying to knock each other's head off. To the point about officiating, though, they did mention in the broadcast, and it was confirmed to us, that the crew was uh, not a crew that had worked together as a six-man team before. There was three from the Odessa area and three more that were brought in by the NAL. I'm not sure why that was. And that's why we saw a lot of flags being thrown and a, a pacing of the game a lot of time spent on reviews. On it was games. awful. The pace of this game was awful. Yep. Yeah. And despite that, what? It came, it came in, the whole broadcast was, what, three and a half hours? Three hours and 20 minutes or just under, just a shade under that. But, man, that that doesn't feel right because as I watch that game, I go, is this, are we in hour four yet? Yeah. It, it took forever. 
Reviews took a long time. And look, I'm not one to make it make excuses for the gunslingers. And I know that we have players and certainly coaches that listen and pay attention to our show. Guys, I don't mean this in a bad way, but the last two games the gunslingers have played have been rough. Uh, they have not been the best games we put on the field. We've gotten wins in both of them. Mm-hmm. But this game, I almost want to point to the pace of play and go every time it felt like we were getting somewhere, everything stopped for 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then we started playing again. It's so hard to establish some sort of momentum as a team uh, for both. I mean, that's tough for the Warbirds and the Gunslingers, but I don't care about the Warbirds. Yeah. <laughs> I care about the Gunslingers. And right. they just could not establish momentum. We get that huge hit on fourth down on Daniel Smith, and everything stops for 10 minutes while they, they determine that, hey, it was a perfectly legal hit, which everybody oh, was, saw when it happened. He, that was he, ridiculous, yes. Yeah. I 100% agree with you, Philip, on that. I, I think uh, the pace of play uh, definitely played more to the favor of the Warbirds than the Gunslingers and might have right. had at least a, 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 a portion, you know, a small percentage of, of the struggles offensively with the Gunslingers. And you're right, Lafayette uh, um, or Fayetteville uh, and, and this, this game mm-hmm. uh, seem to have been the two rougher games by the Gunslingers, still able to come away with wins, but it was certainly rough offensively. The defense stepped up in both games and kind of, and I think that that goes a lot to, to in hand with what Ralph was talking about a little while ago, where there's nobody on this team that's pointing fingers at each other, nobody getting upset, you know, whether it's a defenses defense uh, getting upset at some of the offensive specialists. Um, It's, I think they're kind of in each other's heads in a positive way where they all believe in each other. They're all encouraging each other. And when the offense maybe struggles a little bit, the defense just picks it up a notch more and has their back. It seems like they really have that going on right now with this team. And that, I think, is precisely the reason why they're able to pull out these close game wins so so consistently. Um, you know, now being 5-0, and and, and uh, certainly a large portion of those have been by one or two points. And I think that aspect of this team – really, really, really solidifies uh, their chances at winning these close games. I know on our last show, I brought up the pace and the refs. And this game, it really affected the game. I know that they had mentioned earlier that two of the refs or three of the refs were actually college refs. And so I don't know what that whole purpose was to bring them in. Are they short on refs or is that going to be an issue now? Like, I can't speak to whether the league is short on officials but I'll take this time, anyone hearing, seeing this podcast, if you have any interest at all in becoming an official, it pays fairly well, in fact, in the UIL here in Texas, they're looking for officials for everything. But again, I will say that you got to be crazy to coach, but you got to be certified to yeah. officiate. Yeah, it, good luck. That. Yeah. Not going to happen. And that's that's what that may be some spillover as to why we were using officials that were not usually arena mm-hmm. and they, they were throwing a lot of flags and it definitely slowed down uh, the pace of play for sure. There are reasons for this, but it, they're not terribly important, but again, it, yeah, three hours, 20 minutes. You remember the broadcast last year, 
they, they yes. were much longer and it was like wow a 10 minute review even with it there were moments i'm sure we went along uh beyond the four minute standard that they were trying to do for reviews it just felt slower because i were spoiled right we're now, we're now spoiled with uh, efficient games that are fun and exciting all the way through and when we get one that wasn't it's like oh this is terrible i feel yeah. like an already fan right now <laughs> <laughs> does albany have fans i think that uh, ab cut them all um, they left. They left. <laughs> well they, they were joking about transactions on the wire and i said uh loyalty goodwill and, a, and right another name were, were released by uh, by ab yeah 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 like wow all, we don't all feeling all the loyalty I don't know how much time we want to spend on this. Uh, certainly not a ton right now. We may get to it later in the episode, but Albany is blowing up again. Um, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, they released a bunch of players and fired their head coach, and then they talked Tom Manas into coming back. All of a sudden, all of that has been undone. Uh, you've got another group of players leaving. Coach Manas has resigned in midseason after two, two weeks of coaching. Uh, he's out. And everything is blowing up again. So I don't want to hit all of that right now, but it's it's hard to have an NAL podcast right now and not discuss or not mention what's going on in Albany. But I want to get back to the game there in West Texas. Well, I um, definitely say that that's the case, Phil, because we were trying in West Texas to actually create something that would distract from the events up north. And it involved the mascots, but it did not work out the way we wanted it to. Oh, interesting. Oh, yeah. Oh. So tell us about that. Four one one. Tell us. You can't bring it up and not tell That's us. Right. So tell us. So we had a young man that is with the uh, the truck club that is associated mm -hmm. with the gunslingers, and that's uh, Jimmy Sauceda is mm -hmm. one of those guys who came out dressed up, and you saw him uh, yeah. a lot. And surprisingly so. It's like, how is it that if a super fan from the other team gets to run on the field and, and wave a flag? Well, yeah. deals were made. And I was the go-between for most of this and somewhat the instigator. What we had set up didn't actually happen, but we had worked it out with, uh, obviously, with the, the Warbirds to make sure everything was okay, that our guy would go out on the field on the 25 yard line, wave the flag, and Top Gunner would come out and tackle him. Oh no! Now we saw that, but it wasn't Top Gunner. It no, was some other exactly, guy. Exactly. It was it, it was uh, Boo Boo, their bear, Boo Bear, uh, and that wasn't <laughs> that wasn't what we had hoped would happen. And I'm not really sure why it didn't happen, but we were hoping that that video clip would be worthy of getting going viral getting retweeted and getting picked up by sports in general uh type uh fans and media because it was so unusual to have mascots physically interact like that but it, it didn't and, and that was our attempt and the reason we did it and this is a credit to the ownership of the warbirds it was actually his idea he wasn't going to allow our super fan onto the field and then he said well, if you let Top Gunner tackle him. And I said, sure, I'm not the one getting tackled. So I had to go. Right. Easy for me to say. Yeah, it's easy for me to agree to that. No problem. Hey, can you punch him a couple of times too? Why not? Let's... 
Yeah, knee him when he's down. Suplex him, like grab him and just go over the back and suplex him. It's great. So that didn't happen, but you did see at the beginning of the broadcast uh, the two of them interacting in a mock combat kind of way. And our super fan actually has experience working as a guy under a big head. So he knew the mascot game of pantomime. He knew how to interact. And that's why those interactions, completely unrehearsed, went as well as they did. Interesting. And it, and it, it was fun. It was interesting. Uh, it, I thought it made for, for decent TV in the broadcast. And I, I'd hope for a little more, but it, it, it didn't happen. But the owner, the, the owner of the Warbirds did offer me a beer. Oh, okay. <laughs> the he story said, behind the story. Yeah, yeah, I love it. We're we're all we're all from Texas. You want a beer? Uh, it, to circle back around real quickly, Michael Wayne Davis, one of our favorite guys, asking a question about Albany. Is there any truth to Albany spending too much money on players and having to cut to save money? I will tell you that I am pretty hooked into uh, as much as you can be. The news around the NAL, as is Ralph, um, and I will tell you, I have heard nothing to the effect of this was money-saving issues. This was a petulant, upset guy in ownership that lost the game in an embarrassing way and started lashing out at players and coaches, and one coach that said, I'm not doing that anymore. You can have it. Um, that's my take on it. Well, it is related to money in the sense that you had the workers' compensation problem, which caused conversations about, okay, we've got this great team and we're going to need to potentially cut some people. And that was not something that part of the organization wanted to uh, go with. So that was the first domino to fall. Yeah, but what you're referencing happened at the beginning of the season, all the way back when AB bought into this thing. It was because of a workman's comp issue that they could not cover the bill on workman's comp to get started on the season. And that's how AB got into this thing from the beginning. Everything past that, it has never been cost-cutting things that I've heard. It's just an owner that has a different... I love the way that Coach Tominas, and I'm going to call him Coach. I don't care if he's coaching or not. But Coach Tominas talks about the vision of ownership is different than my vision for the team, and ownership's vision is the one that should win out. That is a real classy way of saying, I ain't putting up with this crap no more. They have one way they want to do things, and I want to do it the right way, and that's not happening, and so I'm leaving. Um, that is me translating what Coach Manasseh's statement was. Um, I, so I would second that and say, as a famous quote about politics goes, he didn't leave the team. The team left him. <laughs> right. I like it. Right. So how was the feeling after the game, Ralph? Because uh, you win the game, you get the win, but it's a two-point win over an opponent that you feel like you should pretty severely beat, that you should have dominated. Let's say it that way, that you should have been the dominant team. And, and it's And it's a two-point victory. I sent you a message uh, either that night or the next morning that says, I imagine that they are happy with the win, but frustrated in the fact that it did not come the way they thought. Is there any truth to that? 
Yeah, I would I would say that's a fair assessment. There, whatever discord there was, was about we we should have been better than this, and mm -hmm. we've got to work, uh, and we've got more work to do. That we can't coast. There's no one talking about coasting in the gunslingers on the player side or coaches side. Everyone knows how thin the margins are, and we have people who have rings on the team, and they know that it takes a lot of good play and a little bit of luck to get to the championship game. And they're, they're not taking anything for granted, but after they immediately went to, and this is this professional soldier side, they immediately went to a reflective process individually and collectively saying, okay, what can we learn and take away from this? And then we got on the bus and traditions, traditions were traditions and they were, they were in a very happy, festive mood on the way back to the hotel and that night. So they were happy for the win, aware of the, the fact that it did not go to game plan. But I got to say, West Texas didn't give us their game plan. West Texas gave us the best game they have played all year. They looked very, very good. They did not look often like the team we had seen otherwise. They did kind of lapse in a couple times with, with false starts and, and miscues, but they were not that team the entire game. In fact, we can't really recognize that team because they installed a whole new offense, uh, a whole different way of delivering the ball down the field. It was all two-step drops because they recognized their quarterback was going to get harried and pressured. We've got a, a phenomenal uh, sack crew on the defensive side of the ball, and they, they just, okay, so we got to do something different. So they devoted the last two weeks to getting ready for us, and they gave us all they could. Yeah, to the point where I, I was counting as I'm watching the game, and we talk a lot about five-step drops, three-step drops. These were two-step and get-rid-of-the-ball drops that Daniel Smith was putting out there. He was not taking any time in that pocket to set up and find another read. If his first read wasn't there, the ball was heading that direction. Um, they were not playing around. Yeah, he also made great decisions throughout the game. He didn't just throw the ball out of bounds. He threw the ball way out of bounds to make sure there was no way it was going to be playable when he was going to give up the play, uh, give up the incompletion. A very, very smart play that, okay, it isn't there. I'm not going to try to force it, and he didn't. And and also, I'd like to add to that, uh, besides – Besides all, all of this that we've talked about and, and the Warbirds bringing a, a completely new game plan, preparing, having two weeks to prepare for this game, and giving us their best shot, the Gunslingers still had opportunities to blow this game kind of open at points, and it was just some miscues. Like I mentioned earlier, they definitely had their struggles on offense, and not all of that, you know, give the Warbirds credit where credit is due, but not all of that was – on the Warbirds, some of that was just miscues uh, by the offense. You, you had that one possession where uh, Juice Robinson drops a wide open pass in the end zone. That would have been a score that would have put him up uh, two scores. And then right after that, uh, Cali Rashad slipping and falling on, mm -hmm. on the graphic there in the end zone. That And I believe that was on fourth down that caused a turnover yes. of downs and gave the Warbirds new life. And then another opportunity where again they had a, they had a chance to go up two scores, um, and I believe just turnover on on downs um, and just 
there were some moments where the offense has struggled and just looked a little bit out of sync. Or actually, you know what it was is Arvell Nelson threw an interception. Um, he had two. Yeah. yeah, he had two this game. So uh, even with with all of that, and I I 100% agree with what I'm seeing, some of the comments in there, the offensive line for the War, Warbirds certainly seemed to get away with a lot of holds. Um, but despite all of that, uh, you know, it made it a close game, but the Gunslingers were able to pull it out. And I will say, even in our special teams, Drew seemed off. That was Very another off. thing. But you not know, only was he off, but then, the yeah. then he had some sort of injury where he, he was uh, no longer in the game. And that was a huge advantage for them um, on that the kick that went out of bounds and gave them, you know, a starting position at, at a, you know, deep in our territory. So, mm-hmm. um, as well as gaining the, uh, the point. Yeah. So there were some definitely other factors involved in the game. Well, we can, we can definitely agree with Pierre in his quote in the press release for the article where he said, the scary part is the team hasn't even reached its potential yet. It hasn't, it hasn't even peaked. There, there are definitely spaces where that could happen. And, and to your point, Leo, the Warbirds committed five turnovers. There's your blowout. Mm-hmm. Right. We, yeah. committed, we committed three, but that still put us up two possessions in the balance of possession. And, and- the, our, our biggest lead was uh, 10 points. Uh, yeah, twenty six sixteen in the in our first possession in the third quarter after their fumble. That fumble was huge because they had momentum. They had possession coming out uh, into the second half. Yeah, and 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 they weren't able to score. We were able to score, and that was our biggest lead. The things started turning the other way because we had a second stop immediately after turnover on downs, but we turned around and turned it over on downs as well with the incompletion that you said. Yeah, Khalid was totally focused on the ball, and he he just turned and cut and made the move, and the friction just wasn't there, and he fell. And no one was more upset about that than Khalid. I'm for sure. Oh, yeah. Because he was open. He, he had it. He, he had it, as did Robinson. And they know, they they know. And for for a couple drops, a couple catches, and a couple more conversions on possession, yes, this would have been a significant margin of victory. But in the end, we're five and zero. Oh. Yep, that's true. Bottom yeah, line. but five and zero, oh, uh, winning games by two and one point. And from what I read on Facebook, that means it doesn't count. well my response to that one has been okay what would your team whoever your team is be willing to give up in order to have our record Mm -hmm. yeah there was actually a guy today on facebook commenting on somebody's post it may have even been carrie white's post in the nal page uh and she's checking out she's she's here with us now uh that said San Antonio is winning games. They're five and zero, oh, but by one and two points. So something's obviously wrong in San Antonio. And I'm like, if that's wrong, I'll take it. No, I'd I'm rather, right. <laughs> I'd rather be wrong and winning games that's than true. right and, and, and games. not not winning games. If winning five um, is wrong, I don't want to be right. Ooh, let's not <laughs> sing, Ralph. Let's no. not sing. Not my strong suit. But I so, like this song. <laughs> so with um, 
with all of this said, uh, we're 5-0. and And we're 5-0 and coming off four straight road games. Road Warriors I, from hell, baby. Yeah. I don't. I don't think people who who are tossing up this, oh, it's just one or two points, recognize the gauntlet that four straight road games are. Mm -hmm. It's a big deal. Um, Kevin Lewis checking in and saying, hey, these were the games that we were losing last year. Yep. And he's absolutely right. At the beginning of last year, we were losing these games by one and two points by one possession coming up just short. And now we're winning them. And that's important. I mean, that's that's, and that's, that's that's the difference of us and the Warbirds. The Warbirds are us last year. They, very cool. much, yes, and very much. Better, better, and no one's going to want to play them late in the season like they sure as heck didn't get to us. And, and Tom Manas had said it actually on his coach's show back in the day that last year the the Gunslingers were learning how to lose. And that was something that a team had to go through. And when they would become dangerous, I think he said, is when they started learning how to win those close games, and then they would be dangerous. And he was 100% correct then. And that's that's what I see happening here. The message is we're 5-0, and baby. <laughs> right. Yep, 5-0. and um, So this whole experience going on the road, Leo and I got to do it one time when we, when the gunslingers for the gunslingers first ever road game, Leo and I got to do that. Uh, you got to do this one. Uh, would you do it again? If they, if they call you in at the end of June and say, Hey, we, we got a schedule. We got room for you on the bus, uh, to go to wherever. Um, anytime you, you going any place I've, I've already said, you know, you know, this could become a yearly tradition that I'm at least involved on that. And Jabe Steubing, the general manager, liked the press release. He liked the player quotes. And I said, well, to make that happen, I kind of have to be with the team the day after. And right. happen, I'd have to be mm -hmm. on the plane. I'm not opposed to the idea. I'm just saying. Just saying. <laughs> In a moment, man. In a moment. It is a lot of fun. I will tell you that your road trip was a lot less eventful on the road than Leo and I's were. Uh, oh, yeah. I got to watch a driver of a charter bus for three hours drive the bus and play on her phone at the same time as we headed out to Mississippi. Leo saw that as well. Mm -hmm. I'm not kidding. I'm not joking. We reported it to the proper people. I reported it to team ownership and team ownership reported it to the charter bus company. But yeah, there's nothing like um, being on this bus that is going 80 miles, 70 miles an hour, whatever they're going, down a road that is under construction because 10 between here and Mississippi is always under construction, mm -hmm. next to a truck full of pallets yes. stacked up as high as the bus is, and then looking down at the driver and she's texting. And I'm like, no, no, no. No, no, let's not do that right now. Let's do this whole driving the bus thing right now. How about that? Mm -hmm. Not to so, mention the wrong way driver on, on the highway mm -hmm. that our bus driver, the different bus driver, uh, thankfully, was able to very alertly see and avoid. Ralph probably thought I was kidding earlier when I said we, we died. We, we, we almost died at least three times on that trip. Not planned. Yeah, it was a scary <laughs> trip. It really honestly was. Like... 
you're on a bus and so you're like ah you know it's a bus like what could happen <laughs> then you guys. get on there and you start seeing some things around you and you're like holy moly a lot could happen and did the air go out too like in the back of the bus so in the back of the bus there was no air at all so they were sweltering <laughs> They had the air turned up full blast in the front of the bus, so Leo and Jonas and I are freezing because we're up in the front <laughs> we of the bus. Blankets, yeah, yeah. And and there, Jason and and the guys in the back are going, "We need more air back here." And we're like, "No, you don't. You <laughs> you can have this air. Take this air, please." Uh, well, Ralph, I'm glad you got to go. I'm glad you got to enjoy your time. Um, Standing next to the team. It, it's always a weird thing to stand next to the team in the middle of the game. I did that all season last season as I stood down in the end zone area. And you're right. There's this, like, do I talk to them? Do I not? And sometimes they come over and they start talking to you. And you're like, okay, that's game on. I can actually discuss something with you. But uh, you don't want to get in, you know, you don't want to be in the way. You don't want to get uh, your your sideline pass pulled so you're very careful in what you do and say, um, but it's fun. Like if you ever get the opportunity to be on the sideline with a team, do it. Uh, there's just, it's a fun way to experience any kind of football game. But let's talk about next week, this week. It's not even next week. It's this week. Because you're finally back on the call. Yes. Looking forward to that. Resting my voice. And after seeing the improvement in the other calls in and around the league, I'm going to have to work really, really hard to, to maintain our status, myself and Gabe Farias on the call. I was really Oh, is Gabe going to be with you? Gabe, Gabe will be. There was a huge All right. misunderstanding about that. But uh, Gabe will, in fact, be with me on the call. So everything is uh, normal, or at least as normal as it gets between me and Gabe. Uh, in the game. I mean, Gabe's awesome because I, I don't know if you know this or not. He's a stand-up comedian. That's, that is what he does. That. That's why the humor comes real quick, why he's willing to take chances, uh, talking about his, his social life in high school and prom dates. And yeah, uh, it, it, and I'm, I'm all serious and focused in and he's coming up with this and it's like, how do I respond to that Gabe? <laughs> but, but that's the fun part. It, it keeps it fresh. I enjoy working with him. We've only done one game and we're going to do a whole bunch in a row here and it's going to be some serious fun. And hopefully it's going to be a, seri a series of, of strong wins as, as we get better and we get to that point that mm -hmm. Pierre was looking for where, yeah, we start, we start playing to our full potential. And then look well, out. Well, attended wins. Yeah. Yeah, I'm hoping the attendance is, is up there for the Freeman Coliseum. That place is rocking too. That'll be... Mm -hmm. Great. I'm I'm hoping we're going to be pleasantly surprised because a couple things have gone on. You may or may not have noticed it in the market. There are ads running promoting that game on uh, commercial talk radio right now, mm -hmm. and uh, John Wayne became a sponsor for an affiliate here in San Antonio on AM radio covering guess who. The Houston freaking Astros. The second place AL West Houston Astros. Trailing the the leading Texas Rangers. Just needed to put Boy, that out there. 
But we have in this town baseball fans, obviously, and they tend to skew more Astros than Rangers, but all of them are going to be interested in these games. And guess what's going to be running during those games? Right. Promotion, go to gunsupradio.com and go and get your tickets. We're going to be doing ads there all the way through the end of the regular season with the Astros every game. And that was a really, really smart move, in my opinion, for John Wayne to get aboard with that. Because how else are we going to get everyone's attention in this town? Uh, Right. Rent an airship, uh, drive it around town, following the 1604 and the 410. Uh, with a with a flashing arrow and, and and people don't know what arena is but but John Wayne knows how to market and they are marketing like crazy i have a prediction that we will probably have if not our best attendance so far in this version of the gunslingers coming up this sunday it is a sunday game which kind of dials things down but with all this promotion and awareness People are going to want to come out and see. And once you come out and see, if you haven't seen one of these games, folks, what are you waiting for? $10 to park yeah. there. T- tickets starting at 10 bucks. You can be a season ticket holder with the Gunslingers for what it costs to go to one XFL game. And you could be a season ticket holder right on the edge of the field for what it costs to go to one NFL game in Houston or Dallas. So come on out, folks. You're going to love it. Yeah, it's, I mean, for whatever reason, if you haven't made it to a Gunslingers game yet, now's your chance. And I realize it's a holiday weekend. I realize it's a Sunday afternoon game. Those are excuses because all we heard through Brahma season was, well, the team's not very good and the time isn't great. And I don't know. And it's a 5-0 and team on a Sunday afternoon. Get your tickets Get into the Freeman Coliseum. First 500 people. 500? Yes, 500. First 500, get a free hat. Yeah. Free patriotic hat. hat. It's military appreciation. There are tickets for all veterans in active service. Uh, We're going to talk more about that in uh, a few minutes as Jordan and April come on and spend some time with us talking about what they have planned for the game. Uh, But on the broadcast side of things, You've been holding things up for four games, but six weeks about, six or seven weeks. Now you finally get on a microphone again and talk about the Gunslingers. I know you've watched a lot of film. I know you've seen both of these teams in action all year long. There are very few people uh, that can really give a clear idea of what we should expect from the game. You're one, Jim Murnay's one. I don't even know if I'm one because I'm kind of, uh, I'm kind of a fan. Uh, I kind of am, am kind of partial. Kind of partial. Uh, what do you expect to see from this game on Sunday? Well, first of all, you're giving me way too much credit as a prognosticator. I had predicted that we were going to get four sacks as a team against the Warbirds, and we didn't. And <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I had seen some things. I'm fairly a neophyte at the inside analysis with zero coaching experience. I expect, honestly, that we are going to see the gunslingers continue in their milieu, if it were, as it were, uh, of winning in a close game. 
I know that Jacksonville's a great team. Jacksonville is going to be in the playoffs unless something crazy happens. And this is going to be, as at least one of the commenters said, that this is a preview of a playoff game at some point, almost certainly. Someone yeah. said it was Jim. It was Jim Murnay that said NAL championship preview. One of those guys I just pointed to and said, this is a guy who knows uh, what he's talking about around the NAL is calling this the championship preview. Mm -hmm. He seems to think that that game will be played in Jacksonville the more I talk to him. I think that that championship game will be played in San Antonio, but we'll discuss that later. The Jacksonville promotional material, it says they're chasing a ship. And I, I'm not sure if that ship's called the Orca or a championship. I think it's the latter. <laughs> but that's that's what the Sharks are after. They feel that it is their year this year, and with darn good reason. Mm-hmm. But why not us? I know it, it's we're we're going to be in there. I know, and and this would definitely be a huge test for the Sharks because now. They got to do it on the road. So one thing, last thing I want to discuss with you, uh, Ralph, before we let you go, um, let's talk a little bit about Drew because lots of folks are asking and we need to know what we know and what we don't know. James Palmer asking, are we going to have a kicker? Because Drew could possibly be out. We do know that Drew suffered an injury in the middle of the game and it was a head injury. I'm not willing to call it a concussion because I don't know for a fact that that's the case, but I do know that he suffered a head injury um, and that there is a chance that we're not going to have him for this week. Is that, is that accurate based on what you have too? I don't know anything more than you do at this point, Phil, because that's a personnel side. And even if I did, I wouldn't want to give away any surprise endings. It is a concern. Mm -hmm. But knowing Drew, uh, Drew is one tough hombre. Uh, a little inside information, if it, I'd mentioned it in the pre-show, most of the fans probably don't know that this is not Drew's first sport. His first sport is actually hockey. And wow. so he knows how to give a hit, how to take a hit, and how to come off of those boards already. These are the these are the training wheel boards relative to what he was used to as a hockey player. And so if anyone can come back, yeah, uh, head first Pearson, yes, I think he can come back. Head first yeah. Pearson. He's already made some great tackles. And it, if he was playing with the, with the injury, he might not be able to go and engage, and that's going to provide fuel for the other on the other players on the coverage team, the Gunners especially. Oh, you saw that big hit that Kadir Chisholm laid down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Solid. Yeah. We we need we need tackles like that, and you know honestly, if he was just there for the kickoff and we just went for two all the time, I'd be okay with that because have you seen the rushing touchdowns that Arvell Nelson has put up? Have you right. seen the power that if it's either it's either Pierre pushing Arvell or Arvell mm-hmm. pushing Pierre, mm-hmm. and we get into the end zone. It, it, and we're going up against lines that they know we're coming, they know what we're going to do, and they can't stop it. And that's that Hockey. Was the situation we saw. Hockey players are a different breed. I watched one of the Dallas Stars players in the last series get hit in the face by a puck, need stitches in his face, Mm 
he ended up coming out the next game and the the rest of the series and playing over 30 minutes a game, which is kind of a big deal. Uh, that's a lot of ice time. Over 30 minutes a game with just this entire gash running oh. down the side of his face. Um, he wasn't worried about it. Like, hockey players are a different breed. And so if Drew can, he will. If he can't, um, the gunslingers aren't going to be surprised by that. They are probably already uh, loading one up in the chamber to be ready if that's the case. His name is Ralph Judkins. He is your play-by-play uh, commentator on the Gunslingers home broadcast. So he will be busy over the next four games, over the next five weeks, because uh, he's got lots of work to do. You can find him on Twitter. It's right there on his little uh, tag. It's at T-S-R-N-S-A. That's Ralph Judkins. Speaking of these little tags, uh, Ralph, enjoyed having you. And Thank you, Ralph. always open anytime you want to. Speaking of these little tags, what the heck are you carrying here? What is This is not even our sport. What are you talking about? Who cares? Does anybody care, care about this? Most of San Antonio cares. We are do care. Me? Yes. It worked. The tanking worked. The it tanking did. worked. As, as well it's as all, all the, the trades. Uh, you know, I mean, this is a couple of years of preparation that the Spurs did masterfully. And it and it all came down to this moment and it all, all part on of the plan. And the I ball love, bounced the right way, apparently, unless I it was rigged, as some people believe. But I love cares? it when a plan comes together, right? Yes, yes, absolutely. Well, we're gonna transition directly from uh the West Texas Warbirds and everything that Ralph got to experience there. Right into next week, this week. Uh, I keep saying next week, but it's not even that far off. Sunday night's game against Sunday afternoon's game against the Jacksonville Sharks. And we've got more people to tell you what the deal is because you could hear it from us, and that's great. Or you could hear it from the people in charge. Um, So we've got April and Jordan Steubing uh, from the Gunslingers organization. Jordan, April, how are you guys? We're good. How y'all doing? We're doing great. We're great. We're fresh uh, off the road. Yeah. Yeah. So you guys went to uh, West Texas. You went out to Odessa with the team. Is that right? Yes. Did y'all drive or did you ride? Were you riding with them or did you drive? Well, we took all of our kids. So we oh. drove. So you drove. <laughs> you didn't want to put all the kids on the bus with football yeah. players? We should have. No. I, I promised Shaw that I wouldn't do that to him or the guys. I was like, everybody's going to be mad at the end of this trip if I bring my kids on that bus. <laughs> they would learn all kinds of new words and come oh, back God. to San Antonio with all kinds of new vocabulary. The kids I'm or the sure. players? Both. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they all learn something. Ours would have taught them a thing or two. <laughs> so... Let's talk a little bit about that. I said we were going to talk about uh, Sunday, but let's talk about this road trip. Uh, what does, for fans that don't realize, what does all of that entail for you guys at the Gunslingers organization? What is a what does a game week look like when it's not here in San Antonio? Is that just easy? Oh, we just got to get our players there and that's it. Um, that's all we got to deal with. Or what does it look like for you guys at on the organization level? Well, the league itself has been... Um a little messy this year so every day things change so it's a lot of last minute plan changes and thinking on your toes and okay so 
what are we going to do now kind of thing. Um, the way the league's set up is that uh, the away team takes care of like housing for the, the incoming team and sometimes travel. And we do the same when they're here. If they do it for us, we do it for them kind of thing. Um, but there's been a lot of ownership changes. In I don't know if you've heard. Yeah. yeah. In the yeah. middle of the week. Um, so sometimes things change and we just got to roll with it and make sure that Try to make sure that none of it gets to the guys. Um, try to handle it all on the staff side and the front office side so that the guys can just focus on the game. But sometimes it trickles over and some places are better than others. And But we're doing, we're, they're doing good. Um, we're really excited to be home though. Uh, being away in, in general is, is hard, especially for that long. And the conditions haven't been super great. Um, but the, the guys are, all they want to do is just get on that field and play. So you have, you've dealt with two different ownership changes in the league this year as you've been attempting to travel out. It's certainly in Albany, we know about some of the issues that are going on there, but everything that that, uh, that entails, that spills over and affects you guys as you're planning. And also a much quieter ownership change, but one that seems much more familiar after what the Gunslingers organization went through last year in West Texas as uh, Zach Bug, is that right? Did yeah. I say his name right? Uh, takes over over there. Um, it, I, I'll be honest. I'm I'm plugged in. Like, I'm plugged into the league. I know about these changes. I hear these things. Uh, I report on some of them. And even I had not considered that affecting you guys as you plan to get a team out there. Um, so it doesn't, it doesn't occur to the general fan that, wow, you know, what's going on in Albany does still affect what happens with the San Antonio Gunslingers. Well, with Albany, for example, oh, go ahead. I just said you have a lot on your plate. <laughs> we had no a joke. lot on our plate before the ownership changes. <laughs> <laughs> with with Albany, for example, though their their housing deal that the team had um, out there, it was with um, with with Jeff and Mike. Yes, it was with Mike. And okay. So when Mike, when Mike left. The housing fell through so mm-hmm. i had booked an itinerary and like ground travel and busing for them when they got there and everything had to change um because they were no longer allowed to stay there <laughs> wow. um and the communication is isn't you know it, it's in the middle of a bunch of craziness and a lot of things kind of just fall to the bottom of the stack of what's most important um but it worked out okay um the players the both teams were staying at the same hotel, so I don't know that that's like the best situation, but we got through it. I'm sure it's fine. I'm sure, it you know, they all get along so well on the field together okay. that I'm sure they can. It worked yeah. out just as well as having both teams right next to each other during the game in Fayetteville. Yeah. So. Right. <laughs> right. So let's talk a little bit about uh, being here in San Antonio. What does your shift become? So now you have, again, Fans may not realize you've got more than just what goes on on the field or in the Freeman on on Sunday. You've got other things you have to work out as well so that you can make it as comfortable as you can for Jacksonville as they make the trip over here, right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, so Jacksonville is one of the ones where they, they provide us with a pregame meal and transportation while we're there and all of that. So getting with them and getting their itinerary, making sure that we check all the, their boxes like they did for us when we went there, just trying to make things as smooth as possible. Um, obviously, you know, we they, they, they go for it on the field, but off the field, you know, we, we all want to get along and make this as much like, you know, as easy as possible. It's not, it's not fun traveling, especially when you, you know, you don't know that city 
and you're trying to plan out where are they going to eat, where are they going to stay, where how are they going to move around. Just a lot easier if the home team takes it takes care of that for them, and then they do the same when we go there. So we, we try to keep as best our relationship and constant communication um, that we can. So this is a question, Michael Wayne Davis asking a question on Facebook that comes up from time to time, and I want to give you guys an opportunity to clarify a little bit. Uh, he says, does John Wayne still lead the ownership uh, I think it's important. You tell me if I'm wrong. Uh, these are both owned by the same group, but they are separate entities as far as the Gunslingers and John Wayne Service Company. They are connected. They are they are cousins. They are connected, but they're not related. Is that fair? Is that a fair way to, to talk about that? They're both owned by Don Rackley. Right. And that's the relationship they have. I mean, they, they work together a lot. But yes, they're separate entities. Don okay. Rackler is the owner of both, though. Yes. And that's um, I know it comes up from time to time. People even talk about how John Wayne owns the Gunslingers. That's technically not true, although they're owned by the same person. So you could, I guess, say that's true. Um, but I just wanted to provide you guys an opportunity to clarify so that people get an idea of what we're looking at. John Wayne has a lot of assets that they yes. that, 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 that that gunslingers utilize. Um, just in a smart decision, business decision, just right. to utilize mm-hmm. what we already have. So there are some like crossovers there, but they are two separate entities. Gotcha. Um, but there are employees that help on both sides when, especially like this week, you know, all hands on deck. Whatever, whatever need, whatever we need help with, the, the John Wayne, our John Wayne family is right there to help out. So they are they're separate, but we do share some things just because it makes sense. Jim Murnay checking in on Facebook. He is the host of the Inside the Walls podcast and a ridiculous Jacksonville Sharks fan. He says, we don't have friends in the league. We're all family. Also, he can cook for the team when we have to go to Jacksonville for the championship game. Mm. Ha ha. Mm. ha, ha, ha. We'll have to cook ha, in Jacksonville because that's where it's going to be. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Jim's a good guy, and, and uh, he's definitely a, a solid uh, – Jacksonville and NAL fan, but yeah, he's also a little bit crazy. He is one of those rare guys that has a team, has a rooting interest, but can absolutely uh, step back and be partial as we talk about. So, and we do. Jim and I talk a lot about this stuff, and he can step back and go, I don't know. Uh, we were talking about this game today, this, this game coming up on Sunday that I want to get into in a second, and just how... Um, neither one of us really know what to expect from either team. You've got a team coming off four straight road games that has battled and won and, and finally gets a chance to come home. On the other side of that, you've got uh, Jacksonville that is debuting, not debuting a new quarterback because Castronova has played a game for them now, but he's still, he's still getting connected and they're not playing Albany this week. Like you can look at the score last week and go, wow, Jacksonville looks really good. They look really good against an Albany team that I don't know what it is right now. I Nobody does. Um, and so they looked really good against Albany. So this particular game becomes a big deal. Uh, Leo Yamas checking in on Facebook. <laughs> Shark talking, about, talking about shark steaks. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about everything that you guys have on tap this week. Because you finally get an opportunity to bring the game back to San Antonio and you've got lots and lots of plans for how to make this not just a football game, but an experience. Uh, what do you guys got on tap? 
Can we start it up? <laughs> well, we're doing veterans appreciation, which is always really important to us. Um, yes. yes. If nobody knows that, it's 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 really deep in our soul and our hearts to give back and try to appreciate everybody that has worked so hard to give us everything that we have. So it's a big game for us, and we're really excited to be back home. And I know it's Memorial Weekend, so a lot of people are going out of town and school's ending and things like that. But it is going to be a great game. Um, we've we've worked really hard. We're, we're giving all of the military 50% off to come and bring their families. There's no limit to how many tickets they can get. You know, bring your whole family out. Um, we have another ticket special that we're doing just because summer's out. Our kids, most kids are out of summer uh, school now, so we're doing a buy two get one free. Try to get some more kids out there. Um, nice. Once again, it's it's a uh, it's a family. I mean, we, we've got four kids. It's 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 a family thing, and and I don't think that. Until you go there, you really understand that it's right. not mm-hmm. it's not just guys night out kind of thing. You know, it's 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 a lot more than that. And so we're trying to to bring that into you know the community as much as we can. So, um, but we've got our our uh, combat veteran motorcycle club coming back out that game. Oh nice! Uh, oh, that's very cool. We yeah, like them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, they're they're excited, and so they'll they'll bring out the cheerleaders and do their their um, all their motorcycles. Um, and then we have a, a special tribute at halftime for all the veterans as well that the cheerleaders have been working on. So it, it, it should be a really good game. This game kind of sums up everything we're all about, which Don Rackler does this, does not make a profit, I promise you. Uh, it's for the community. It's supposed to be affordable family fun for people in San Antonio. And he's got a huge heart for veterans, and we all do. So this kind of sums up everything. We're, we're here to support our community. We're here to support our veterans and, and, and active duty military. And this is the big game where we do it. So we'd love for everyone to be there. Love that. So tell us a little bit about uh, what else you got on tap. The first 500 folks coming in. Uh, you got you got a you got a, a, a incentive for them to get there early, right? Yeah, we got uh, 500 patriotic themed gunslinger hats it's actually three different hats there's going to be a red version a blue version and a white version um the red and the blue have the same logo it's just a different color and then the white has a a different logo as well that's all first come first serve so you know you you get a voucher when you come in the door and what's left when you get there is what you get but they're all really cool they look awesome i mean I'm I'm not gonna be able to be there, but if somebody set a blue hat aside somewhere, I'm just saying. Uh, you know, I, I got a I got a daughter graduating this weekend, so this is another one of those games that I just can't make it out to. But I'm so very excited for June 4th. My plan is to be there right now, and that's my birthday weekend. Yeah. Uh, so you know, I get to. That's Don Racker's birthday. Is wow. it really? Mine is the second. Um, the fourth is Don's birthday. Mm-hmm. I knew good people were born that week. I knew great people were born that week. So as they get in, they get their voucher, they go and get their hat. As they're standing there uh, redeeming their voucher at the merch table, which I believe is where they do that, right? Yes. Uh, they may see some merch that they want to go home with. Uh, I actually saw pictures of the oh yeah actual jerseys today. Um, talk a little bit about these two different... Uh, variants of military appreciation gunslinger jerseys that you put together. Jordan, you're the one that that designs these, right? Yes. Yeah. Talk a little bit about those. So last year, military jerseys were probably our most popular. We did a um, – they're both kind of a flag style last year. One was a more tan, you know, 
and then of course the one RC's wearing. So I kind of <laughs> just took that theme and and cranked it up to eleven. Uh, we've got a military theme one. It it looks like the side of a tank. It's got jets, helicopters, uh, warships. You know everything that our military is all about. All of the seals on the back uh, for each branch. We just wanted to pack as much you know military theme support and appreciation into one thing someone that from the military would would be proud to wear and would enjoy so that's what we did with that one and we're also very patriotic uh as a family and as a as, a, as an organization uh we love america so we went with the american flag theme with we the people on the back uh 76 for 1776 and uh i think it came out really cool so both great for memorial day weekend yes it fits the theme it does, and they look excellent. Uh, I love them. I think they look great. They always do. Like you, you yeah. don't, you don't put together these mm. fan jerseys that I don't immediately see them and be like, yeah. So I want one yeah. of those. Um, it's, it's like every time one comes out, it's like they're killer, and you're like, oh, I gotta have one of those. The Fiesta ones were amazing, mm-hmm. and 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 now these uh, these military ones are super cool. So. Well, I appreciate it. I, I don't make anything I wouldn't want to wear myself. Right, right. Well, I love the Selena Gee. one. I don't know if you wore that one, but I, I do. that one. I got it in my closet <laughs> right now. <laughs> uh, every time I come home from a Gunslinger game, I usually come home with new Gunslinger gear. Um, whether I bought it or whether you guys gifted it to me, whatever the case may be, my wife rolls her eyes every time I walk in the house from a gunslinger game because she's like, "Really, really? You needed another hat? You needed another jersey? You needed another shirt?" And I'm like, "I didn't have this one. This was a new one. I needed the new one." Um, actually, um, two new T-shirts coming out as well. Um, there's one that's they're kind of like, um, you know, like a grunt style T-shirt. How that shirt kind of looks and feels. Um, it, it's kind of like that. It has, we have a whose house, our house, mm. which is in like a military uh, drab green uh, with an American flag on the sleeve. And we also have another one. It's going to be a black T-shirt, but it has a tan flag on the front with the Gunslinger's logo. Both kind of military themed as well, but they're really cool. And uh, I think everyone's going to really like them. So we have those coming too. Excellent. And I, will, and I will say I love the billboards. Oh, my God. That marketing is excellent. We love the billboards too. Mm-hmm. That's something that we needed for sure, and it's awesome to see them out yeah. in the city. Yeah, I am not the only one that gets in trouble for these. Michael Wayne Davis says I skim money away from the wife to buy merchandise. <laughs> Don't judge me. And James Palmer says, "Yeah, my wife tells me no on the jerseys since I have a custom one." Yeah, but it's not. It doesn't look like these. Like this is different. different. <laughs> this is a different one. You don't understand. I did not have this one. I needed this one. Um, see- I don't know what's worse because I, I don't have the problem of of no you've got to get two of being them being upset with me when I get something I have the problem of my wife being upset if I didn't get her one as well <laughs> so I don't know which is worse because my problem is a little bit more expensive <laughs> right your wallet's light but your heart's heavy yes yes. <laughs> So as we go into this game, uh, I know that you guys don't necessarily control what's happening on the field, but I know that you've been paying attention. Um, This game becomes a really big game when you start looking toward the postseason. A win for the Gunslingers here 
puts them on the inside track for hosting that championship game that we were talking about. It's two wins over Jacksonville. However, a loss by the Gunslingers by any more than one point to the Jacksonville Sharks means that if there were a tie at the end of the year, they would hold the they would hold the tiebreaker, uh, which would be points uh, point differential in head to head games. That's what I understand from Jim over at Inside the Walls. That's the third tiebreaker. First would be record. Second is head to head record, which would be tied at one and one. So then it goes to point differential in the game. We only beat them by one point the, the when we played in Jacksonville. So while it's only week eight and we're talking about the middle of the season, this game actually has huge uh, postseason implications when we start uh, looking at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is why we got to kick their butt. <laughs> I like it. And Even imagine- a win by one point. I, I don't, I don't know care. if it's still a win, but... <laughs> It's kind of a theme now, so we're just going to roll with it. Right. Yeah. I don't like the theme, but <laughs> yeah. I like the theme of winning. Winning by one is – I'll take over losing by by one any day. But absolutely. I bet these guys just absolutely cannot wait to get in no. front of the home crowd after this stretch. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's going to be a boost for them where, you know, we, we, might, we might come away with – with a, a convincing, the convincing win that we've really been wanting. So, you got to keep in mind these guys have been road warriors for mm-hmm. four games straight, which is pretty mm-hmm. unusual. They've been get they've they've had four out of their five wins on the road, getting screamed at by fans, dealing mm-hmm. with being right next to the other team, dealing with everything that they've been dealing with over and over and over and over again, and all of the stuff that happens on the road that no one anticipates, like buses getting stuck or this or that. You know, we they fought through all that, and they're ready to come home. So if they can do that four games straight away and then come home to a huge crowd that loves them and is waiting for them to come home, imagine what we can do in a situation like that. So I don't know. I think Absolutely. we've got great chances. Absolutely. Uh, it's going to be a great football game. Um and and we hope for a win. You always do, but you never know until they play. The, that's why they play the game on the field. Um, I will tell you that the more I talk to people around this team, I hear the same thing over and over. Focused, um, loose, ready to play. Um, there seems to just be a different mentality, um, a championship mentality. I, I, I know that that sounds like I'm jinxing them already, but... There is a mentality that championship teams carry of we're here to take care of business um, and we're not going to get tight and we're not going to, um, you know, we're not going to get the yips, but we're going to be focused and we're going to pay attention to what we're doing and make sure we do enough to come out of these games with the W. And so far through five games, that's exactly what they've done. Well, I think it was pretty clear to everyone that paid attention last season that after we cleared out of all the drama of the ownership change that by the end of that season we were we are a contending team you know and we got franchise of the year head coach of the year uh mm-hmm. offensive player of the year right for kent yep uh we looked good at the end of last season it was just craziness early in the season and we've come through that and look where we're at now 
So, I mean, we've, we've got a great team. We've got great players. We've got a great coach. We've got a great organization. And it's shown. So I'm really proud of everybody. And, you know, let's just keep going. Uh, Jamar Washington checking in saying San Antonio only undefeated indoor arena football team left. That's correct because the Frisco Fighters lost to the San Diego Strike uh, this week. Oh, I'm sorry, to the uh, Bay Area Panthers. They play the San uh, San Diego Strike Force coming up. Um, so we're the only ones carrying that zero behind our name now. Yes, sir. Uh, that's important. That's a, that's a big deal. Um what are you guys hearing? What are you guys seeing as far as um, community involvement? Are we seeing ticket sales uh, trend up? Are we seeing or hearing more in the community and around the community of San Antonio, or is that still quiet? You know, we're, there's always been an issue trying to get just our name out there and, and who we are and what we are and all of that. Um, we've had a really hard schedule this year. We're 5-0, and oh, yeah, but we've only been here one week. And that was right. Easter weekend, and now it's Memorial Day weekend, and school's out. And so we've, we've had a really tough schedule, um, and that's just purely based on availability with the Freeman, with the graduations and all of that. Um, so it, it's definitely been, um, been, a, been a struggle, and we've struggled with it last year, and it still just continues. We've, we've worked really, really hard, though, with the media. Um, we have great um, PR guy, um, our media sheriff is what we call him. Um, and he's great and he does all of John Wayne's stuff. So he's been super helpful, and, you know, with the billboards and the radio and, um, KSAT and, you know, getting us on, um, those lifestyle shows and things like that, just to kind of give us a different than rather just, than just social media, giving us, you know, different new eyes. Um, but our whole thing is, is you just come once, you know, just come once. Right. You promise. You're sold. It's, once you see one of these things up close. Yep. And so right. we're, we're slowly getting around. Once again, there's only one home game we've had so far. So that first home game, anybody that came, they're spreading the word. But well, we're going to have several back-to-back now. Um, so I think it'll be a lot a lot, a lot, lot better. Um, but our players love going out in the community. When they went out to that elementary school, Elof, um, they they loved it. And they were like, let's do this more often. Like, let's let's go out and be out there. Just it's it's hard with when we travel and stuff like that, you know, like sometimes yeah. we just, we're not back in time or that right. time we were in Fayetteville. Um, we, uh, they barely made their flight. And uh, Jordan and I actually had to stay behind with all the bags because it was. Ooh. Our bus got stuck pulling into the hotel. It bottomed out on going up a hill and they had to call a tow truck to get the bus unstuck and then load the bus up. We got to the, the airport maybe 20 minutes before the plane took off. So we just sent everyone to the gate, but they wouldn't let the bags go on a separate flight without someone with them. So gotcha. fortunately, everyone made their flight. Except us. Except us. But it's okay. <laughs> you guys, you guys are the MVPs behind the scene that nobody that nobody knows about. So we're letting everybody know right now. Well, and we've noted that. Uh, yeah, we've noted that even last year. I can remember. Uh, trying to track Jordan down during a game. I mean, it was an hour before game time. And I would like ask somebody, have you seen Jordan? And they're like, yeah, he was just here a second ago. And I'd look across Freeman and he would be all the way over there. And by the time I got there, he was gone too. Um, You guys are all over the place. You are rushing around to make this stuff happen. And I don't think people recognize. They just see things that go off without a hitch and they don't realize there's, a million hitches that got worked out 
before that just went off without a hitch, right? Yes, and it's not just us. There is a bunch of people that behind the scenes from the guys that put the field up the day before mm-hmm. and take it down the day after, which is a process. It is not easy. Um, the guys that helped me with wrapping the, the field logos and the dashboards and, and her whole team and and people in the graphics department and it's a it's a huge group of people that we could not do this without at all everyone's just as important as the next so and that and that has always been the case like you don't realize the group of people that have to do all of the work to make a football Mm -hmm. game happen raul checking in nava uh he said they remind me of alba and myself back in the day part of that original ownership group uh, Raul and Alba and and Hector and Jason were everywhere on a game day. Like you couldn't track them down, and if you got them, you needed to ask them the question you were going to ask them right now because finding them, there's just too much to do. There's too much going on and too much to have. Uh, James Bernay, Jim Bernay, checking in with uh, Inside the Walls. If you guys have anything you want us to do for you, let me know and we will help. Thanks, um, obviously, Inside the Walls and Smoking Guns podcast. Always yes. here to do whatever you guys need. Um, we listen to Inside the Walls, too, so we appreciate it. Yeah, I listen to them. I, I mean, don't tell them that. Every now and then. So do you have anything? So we know about this weekend. Mm-hmm. We we know about this game. Do you have anything that you can tell us about further down uh, the schedule with these four home games? Have you said any any surprises uh, that you want to you wanna let us in on? I mean, we can tell you what the theme of the next game is, I think, right? Yeah. So the following game will be Make Some Noise Night. That's June 4th. That is the, uh, yeah, right? It's Sunday. Uh, It's a Sunday game as well, Sunday 3. Yep. I've seen little uh, comments, little hints of maybe some some new additions for noisemakers that are in the works or coming up. We've already got bigger size cowbells. Woo! Nice. The Lord knows we needed that. And then, uh, yeah, there you go. Um, those will be on sale. Uh, and for the Make Some Noise Night game, I don't know the exact quantity yet, but there will be a very large giveaway of Bam Bams. Nice. So we're going to fill the arena with those. And I feel bad for who we're playing because it's going to suck. It's Orlando, by the way. It's Orlando yeah. coming in Sorry, to Dave. the uh, Freeman Coliseum. Pardon my ignorance. What is a Bam Bam? Those are those inflatable rods that you inflatable ah, okay. boomsticks boom or sticks. whatever you want to call them. Yeah, I've heard those. Yeah, okay. Uh, just please know, I don't know what those things were called, but those horns that they had. Venezuela or whatever they're called. They're oh awful. my gosh, they're terrible. I Horrible. started to feel like I was in like purgatory or something. I it just it droned on through the whole yes. game, even while their team was playing. I'm going to tell you right now. I was on their team. I already saw a pretty prominent gunslinger fan say that they had ordered a set of them to bring them into the Freeman. Oh, I know. Oh no! (laughs) And all the power to her. (laughs) I ain't giving everybody one. (laughs) Please not while the gunslingers are on offense. Right. Let's not get into that one. For the June fourth game, though, we are also doing a a kids promotion. Um, I believe it's kids get in free with an adult purchase. Nice. Because it is the kickoff to summer, and like I said, we're trying to get 
show them that it, you know, it's, it is a family, family, family activity you can do. So that would be for the June 4th game. And the following game is the day before Father's Day. Which is uh, Saturday, July, uh, June 17th. I think we're going to have a a West Texas coming in. Luke, I'm your father theme on that one. Ooh. A little Star Wars. I love me some Star Wars. Mm. So I can't wait to start working on that fan jersey. I was going to say, are we talking? Yes. You're like, oh, man. Uh, And Mm. then. Saturday, June 24th, rounds out this homestand. We welcome in the Albany Empire. And I only mentioned that to say, are they coming? (laughs) Like, (laughs) is there going to be an Albany Empire? Um, Brown's just going to show up by himself and we'll see what happens. (laughs) (laughs) So we didn't get to talk about this with Ralph, and I, I uh, I kind of wish we had. I have had this theory that Antonio Brown, because this has been in the works for a couple of weeks, he's been talking about taking the field here on uh, the 27th this week for the Albany Empire. These are a bunch of guys in the NAL who know where they're at. They know they're in the National Arena League, and they know that one day getting to the NFL, while it's possible, is going to take a lot to work out right for them. However, if they see a guy that is an NFL talent on the field with them, he is going to get every single player on every single other team's best shot, both covering him and taking him down. I don't think he understands what he's lining himself up for, which shouldn't surprise anybody that he doesn't understand what he's doing. <laughs> um, but every player in this league wants to see how they match up against an NFL-ready player. And certainly they will tell they will tell their grandkids 20 and 25 years from now about the time they took down Antonio Brown. Um, I'm not sure he's ready for what he's going to deal with, aside from the fact that he's bringing in a whole new team. Jim Renee brings up the fact that there are some Orlando players that are really looking forward um, to Antonio Brown taking the field because they were dismissed from Albany and wound up down there in Orlando. Um you guys, you guys are part of this inside group. Uh, and I know that you can't say a lot and you're not going to say a lot about another team's ownership. But how does this play on the inside of the NAL when these kind of things happen? I have an opinion. I mean, look. <laughs> I don't know what his game plan is. Right. But I do know that on my TikTok and on my Facebook and on other social media platforms, I haven't seen as much attention as this league's getting since he got involved with it. There's been a lot of attention from it, good or bad. You know, all press is good press, I think, to some degree. Maybe not for him, but it's brought some attention to the league. And, you know, there's your positive. I, I don't know what his game plan is. I wouldn't go onto a field with a bunch of people I just fired. But <laughs> Right. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, this idea of no press is bad press which is something that you hear a lot i i want to push back on that a little bit and say i'm not sure that's true in this situation no you're right my my concern is that the first time some people hear about the nal it's it wrong. is as uh antonio brown's league so i've talked about this i think before on the show fan controlled football is an indoor gimmicky video game like 
mm-hmm. version of football. And the very first time I heard about it was Johnny Manziel is going to be a part of fan control football. I remember this. That gave me a certain uh, first impression of that version of the game that I've never really shaken. And if that is your first, if your first connection with the NAL is, oh, Antonio Brown blows up his team every two weeks because they lose a game. Is that good for the league as a whole? No, um, I don't think so. I think what the difference is between what you're, the example you're giving though is we have an established league already. You know, it's not a startup. Right. You know what I mean? And, and there's established teams in this league. And if he brings attention to it, but he's losing, what does that say about, you know, his side of that angle? I, sure. I just want us to get the attention that this team, this league deserves, right. honestly. Mm-hmm. Because if we had the same kind of promotion and the same kind of attention that XFL got, I would not be surprised at all how popular we would be. It would be right. huge. Right. I've seen it from the sidelines so many times. I've seen how crazy this stuff is. I've seen how fun it is. I've seen how much fun the fans have and the kids have and how high octane action it is. And if people got to see it like they got to see the XFL, this would be a no brainer for everyone. It would be huge. So I just want people to see what this is, what we're offering here. Look, amazing. I've been in person at XFL games, I've been in person at Gunslingers games. If you gave me an opportunity, you know, which one would you rather go? Which one do you think you'd have more fun at? There's no doubt. Like, XFL football was great. It is a big deal. But I have more fun at Gunslingers games. Like, those are just more fun. Um, It's a different thing. That doesn't mean one's better and one's worse or any of that. We cover both. We love both. But if you just said, hey, one to one, you got to pick one. Which one are you going to have more fun at? I'm going. I'm going with the Gunslingers game at that point. Right. Leo, I'm sorry, I cut yeah. you off, but it's definitely more interactive. Just to follow up with you and and the production that that is put together at these uh, Gunslinger games, and and as April said earlier, it's for the whole family, for the kids. Right. You know, it's it truly is a, a family engaging event. It's a lot of fun. Um, and, and you're, you feel like you're, you're part of the production because there's so many opportunities to interact with the players. You're right there next to the field. The players will acknowledge you that, you know, they're after the game, you could go and meet and greet on the field. And then just all the entertainment stuff. It, it truly is a great time. I've said all season long, go try one game. And I promise you, you will want to come back again and again. Um, and on the point earlier, um, I was going to say I, I, I kind of agree. I, I, I agree with both sides, but I definitely agree with Jordan in the sense that if if this whole thing gets somebody to come watch a game because of, of the whole Antonio Brown thing and they want to see a train wreck and they come and watch this game and they're like, well, you know what? Yeah, it kind of was a train wreck as far as as far as the Albany Empire side and what's going on there. But I saw some really good plays and some really good football coming from the other team. And, you know, this, this is kind of cool. Maybe I'll check out another game. I mean, that's, that's, that's key right there. You get more viewers, you know, sometimes people want to watch a train wreck and then they end up, you know, liking trains. (laughs) (laughs) We'll move on from that one. (laughs) You know who the Savannah Bananas are? Yes. Yes. Okay. So, you know, 
they sold out their first game because everybody wanted them to fail. The first, their very first opening opening game um, years ago. I don't know how many years ago, but three or four years ago. Yeah, they they sold out, and they, everybody was just trashing them everywhere, and they like they hated their name, they hated everything that that this team had put out, hated everything. But they sold out because that many people wanted them to fail, and there's a waiting list. To you buy can't get into a game now, right? So because they 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 list Savannah Banana is a fan based team, right? They entertain their people. They connect with their people, and that's what that's what we want to do. I've so, heard several times that that we're the Savannah Bananas of football. I like it. Let's do that. That's we'll a lot of fun. TikTok dances, and, you know, in between plays. <laughs> um. So I got a question for you. We're gonna do like games on the field. You're gonna you're gonna grab some folks out of the the crowd and do that kind of stuff, right? We're doing yes. some of those. Yes. Sort of promotional things. Let me ask you a question about all of that as my phone rings. That's fun. It's okay. Um, how do you get picked? I, I've, I've always wondered, how do they pick people <laughs> for that stuff? I, I've been inside uh, sports media for like seven or eight years now, and I just don't know how it happens. Um well, let me in on let me in on the secret. How do you get picked for that kind of stuff? Is it because you want to get picked, or just because you're curious? I mean, at times I've wanted to get picked, and I've been like, "How did that person? Like, I saw that person in the stands over there ten minutes ago with that mission game, and now they're riding the trike out there. Why not me? I mean, well, I realize the ugly fat guy rarely gets moved onto the field. I get that. Guys like us that. don't get picked, Philip. We're a liability out there. They don't. They don't want. They don't have to, I think you guys to cover if we fall over. And I think you could definitely. I think you should team up, and you guys should do the burger, fill the burger challenge. Because I think. That oh would God! Be really good. Oh no! Look what you did, Philip. Look what you did. <laughs> you want to get involved? <laughs> we'll get you to build I, one burger. We'll get the inside the walls guys to build another burger, and we'll see who's the hottest podcast. There you go. We'll do, we'll do that at the uh, championship game. Yeah. There you go. When they come down for the championship uh, game, because they're going to be here. No, a that. lot of those are sometimes they're picked by like you know like people host like birthday parties and stuff at our games. So sometimes we'll grab those kids, or um, we'll have like special uh, sponsors that want to you know we want to get them involved. Or sometimes it's just I tell the cheerleaders just go find somebody that looks like they're having a great time. It looks like they might be good at this. You know, it just kind of depends. Um, we've also done things where like, you know, you, when you walk in, you can like sign up to be involved in something. Um, but then we have the issue of like, people just are like not paying attention to like their phones or whatever. And then they just don't show up and then it's just kind of a mess. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it's just easier to go out there and look for somebody and find them or, 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 or like I said, if it's something where like their kids having a birthday or whatever it is, though they might just ask us like, Hey, can you, can we be part of something? We're like, Sure. No problem. So if you guys want to build some burgers or something, let me know. So we talk about this being a family affair. It truly is a family affair for you guys, uh, both up and down the family. You've got your kids there. You've got family. Uh, you know, uh, Jordan, I know your dad is there. This is a family affair for you guys. That's why you build it out to be uh, a family-friendly thing. I don't know that that message gets across near enough. Um, that this is all about family fun. Um, talk a little bit about what you guys do specifically to try to make this a family-friendly, uh, exciting event to bring your kids to, to bring your 
mother-in-law too if she's a football fan mine's not but if she is well i think it's pretty entertaining like you could come to this game and never watched a game of football in your life and you got gladiators out there knocking each other over walls i don't know in, in what sense that's not entertaining <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. it's cool i wasn't honestly i wasn't a big football fan before we started this endeavor um but i love this game and I, I'm super passionate about it, and it's it's awesome. Uh, we we cater to the kids in the merch booth. We make sure they have stuff that they can get for them in their sizes, which some people don't do. Uh, entertaining games, entertaining stuff on the Jumbotron. And I think the biggest thing of all is watching this amazing game and then coming down to meet the guys that just threw down right in front of you and shake their hand and have them sign your football or your jersey or whatever. And everybody gets to do it. That's when I see the most smiles on people's faces is when they're down there meeting right. everybody. Yeah. You don't get that anywhere else with this league that I've seen. No. We, um, for example, though, this past weekend in West Texas, um, you know, we all drove up there with all of our kids and then um, his parents and his sister and her kid. Mm -hmm. There was a lot of kids. Um, there was a lot of kids over there. And on top of that, you know, and we, we weren't traveling with the team, you know, they've got their staff and stuff, but we're right. obviously there and we're sitting next to them. And, and I, I just, I have like a, like a mom sense almost when something's not right. Yeah. <laughs> and so I go over into the, in, into the, behind the guys in, in their box and I'm talking to the, to everybody and everything. And one of the trainers there, her mom normally watches her baby, you said, um, Otis's daughter and her mom got COVID. So one of the trainers had to bring their baby with them this weekend. And so I'm rocking this baby to sleep in the middle of the game behind the, the players on the bench while she's like tending to, to Drew when he got hurt and things like that. Like sure. it, it doesn't stop. Like, but, and, mm. and she's like, I feel so bad. I was like, it's fine. Like you're, you're here to, to take care of our guys. Like, let, let me help you out. You know, it's, it, it is a family and what, whatever they need, um, we make sure it gets taken care of, whatever that looks like. I, I literally was on the phone for two hours today trying to track down Jamar King's bag that got lost for four weeks ago when we were in Fayetteville. Yeah. So. <laughs> and any game that you come to, you can see our kids getting brought to us and picked up. And I got them in the back of the John Wayne truck, you know, yep. on the sideline. It's just, we get it. We get what it's like to have a bunch of little kids. We put on a show that a bunch of little kids are going to want to see. Sure. And, mm -hmm. and, you know, we just, we just want something there, there to be an option. For people that, that summer's coming, your kids are at home all day, you need to do something fun. You don't want to spend $300. You know, you can come do something fun where they have a great time and you can support a team and, and do it affordably. That's what it's all about. Well, I'll tell you guys both something that, that might make you, you feel a little little good about your efforts. So the, the, the home game we had, I brought my two nephews uh, to the game. I remember. Uh, one of them who had never been, one who had been once before and was excited to return and took them to the merch booth and bought them. I, I bought them both a um, a jersey, one of your, your uh, uh, Fiesta jerseys, which they thought were the coolest things ever. Um, uh, they immediately put them on. We're wearing them. And I said, OK, I'm going to buy you guys these jerseys, but you have to make me a promise in return. I'll buy you these jerseys, but you have to promise me you're going to wear these. Once we're out of the game, you wear these 
whenever you whenever you can, you go out, you're going to hang out with friends. And when they ask you, what is that? You tell them all about the San Antonio Gunslingers. Everywhere you go, when you wear that jersey, you tell them all about the San Antonio Gunslingers. No problem, Tio Leo. They call me Tio Leo. As a, yeah, so I get, get them the jerseys. We come then. They both had a great time. They were, as you said, uh, thrilled to death to be out on the field and get autographs from everyone, uh, Kelly Rashad, Narvel Nelson, everybody else. You know, they they wanted to hit each and every player. They were, they were so excited to have an opportunity to actually talk to uh, the players they had just watched, you know, win the game. And since then, you know, I have both of them – on a weekly basis, reaching out to me, um, when is the next game? What, 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 you know, what, even, even for the YouTube, like send us a link. We want to watch it. You know, I told my friend about it, you know, and it's on a weekly basis. They're reaching out to me. Can you send me a link for, for the, the YouTube or what time is the next game? So I can tell my mom, I want to be able to watch it. I'll be home. You know, it's uh, they're, they're super excited and gunslinger fans and telling their friends all about it because they had so much fun with the production you guys put on and they uh, thought the Jersey that you created Jordan was so, so, so great and really cool. And they were, they're happy to have those. So you guys are, are accomplishing what you're setting out to do in a big way. I just want you guys to know that. I appreciate it. That's you fun. mentioned uh, a second ago when you were talking, you mentioned Drew Pearson. Can you give us any sort of update on how Drew's doing or, or whether we'll see him this week? Uh, I talked to him this morning. He says he's doing great. Okay. Uh, he, he he feels much better. Um, I can't I can't speak to whether or not he's going to play this weekend. That's up to him. We sure. Just want, we just want to make sure that he's yeah he's okay. You know his, the, his health is way more important than a football game. Uh, it just yeah. is. You know, um, we're much more worried about yeah. that than than having a kicker for the game. Right. Um, and it's good to hear that he's doing better. I'm glad yeah, to hear he's that. been good. He reached out to us today and. Um, and, and made an effort to, to, to get on the same page as us and, and make sure that we knew that he was okay and everything was good. So um, we, uh, we, we got him checked out and he cleared everything, but we're going to get him checked out by our team doctor. Just excellent. Every check, every box before we may even think about putting him back out there, but there is a chance. I, I, I'm not a doctor. Sure. <laughs> yeah. That's sure. not our call. <laughs> yeah. I'm not a doctor either. I just play one on TV. So, yeah. um, Jordan, April, we really do appreciate everything you guys do yes. to make this work and make this happen. We know um, we have. We've watched this since the beginning. We've seen um, we've seen all the work that goes into this, not just um, now, but even before. And uh, fans really don't understand everything that has to go into making this happen. Um, and it amazes me that you guys do it. Um, Together as as a couple with how many kids? Uh, how many kids do you guys have? Four, four kids, mm. and a football team. So you've got twenty one other kids, um, and then a coaching staff um, that is helping you figure out all of this kind of stuff. They're not your kids, but sometimes it probably feels like um, having to take care of them and having to make sure that they have a place to stay, and uh, you know transportation there and transportation back. Like that's 80% of what I'm doing right now as a dad is making sure they get places and making sure they eat and making sure they have a place to live. Um, that's, that's being a dad. Um, and you guys have to do that for these 21 guys, 25 guys, um, as part of your team. 
uh, we really appreciate everything you guys do, and and we really want fans to know that uh, this is this is a tough thing uh, yes. that you guys you guys subject yourself to on a regular basis. Uh, we had no we idea what we were getting into. It's aged <laughs> several years. <laughs> we had no idea what we were getting into. I got a lot more gray hair. <laughs> well, you're doing a, you're doing a great job. We definitely appreciate and love both of you guys. Uh, Jordan, even despite the the Celtics hat you're wearing right now, you know I'll just I'll that just is a gunslinger's hat, sir. Oh, is that that is a San Antonio gunslinger hat? Ah, okay, so it looked the, like a Celtics the, hat, and I was one of the vendors that we use uh, that gives us promotional items. The uh, guy called us and was like, "Hey, I was digging around in the warehouse and I found five hats from the 1984-85 team." in a box in the corner of the warehouse. So this is a legit hat from the team from the 80s. Original. That he sent me brand new. Wow. That is cool. It was cool. That's so cool. I almost slipped up and forgot this was a family show and and, and preceded the word cool with an adjective that I can't say. But that is really cool. <laughs> I just thought it was uh, one of the – because I know you guys are using – uh, have done some of that stuff. Yeah, uh, have done, done some of the retro stuff. So I thought it was just one of yours. Yeah. Um, knowing the story Thank behind you. it now, like I want one. I got five of them, huh? Right <laughs> five of them, huh? There's actually another style too. Uh, yeah. It's but you could it, it, you could tell how old they are. It's yeah. crazy. That is awesome. Okay, it does. It has the. Ro- I noticed that it's got the rope. Yeah. Uh, you know, it has a rope, but it's got this like reflective material. Like yeah, ah, yeah, that is really oh, cool. Those of you who are, are listening to this and not watching it on Facebook, go back to Facebook and look at this hat. It is amazing. From afar, I thought it was a Celtics hat, and I thought you had put it on because I'm wearing my Spurs hat, and you were kind of, re- you know, in response. And I was gonna say I was just assuming you were you lost a bet or something, but. Um, no. no, that's that's way cooler that that's a gunslinger's hat and an OG gunslinger's hat. Very cool. Hey, I, since we're talking about that, can I ask you one more question and you can tell me what information you have? I answer this question all the freaking time. I get it all the time. The USFL has put a copyright claim on the name San Antonio Gunslingers. Does oh, that mean that the USFL is going to take our identity for our NAL team? No, but we <laughs> let them try. They're yeah. gonna have to pay a pretty penny for it, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, if they really want the San Antonio Gunslingers. Well, we whenever it came across our lap, we, we, that came to the grapevine. Nothing has come to us officially by any sure. means. Um, nobody has really said anything, but we did. We did make a couple phone calls to see what that really would be, and um, we're not worried. Yeah. Yeah. This is not the first time that's happened. It's happened at least two other times. Yes. Both times their claim has been vacated because there is already a San Antonio football team with that name and their previous copyright claim was abandoned mm-hmm. way back in 2006. Void. Yeah. From what um, so from everything I've looked into, and it sounds like you have seen the same thing, uh, that oh, and Jim Murnay says they also have done this with the Jacksonville Sharks because the Jacksonville Sharks was also a USFL uh, franchise at one time. No, you're not gonna. They're not gonna take the Gunslingers away. The Gunslingers are here. Buy your merch. Get excited. Go to the games. There's no reason to think it's all gonna go away because the USFL wants the name. 
Um, in all honesty, it's not even really the USFL anymore. If you didn't know that, it's a they played outside. They did not play with walls. It's a completely different thing. Same spirit. Yeah, yeah, different. And you know, well, we appreciate you guys so much. We're gonna let you go because you probably got mom and dad stuff you have to do. Unless everybody's already in bed, and if they are, you tell me how you do that. They're in bed. bed. You'd have known if they were awake. You would have seen all of them if if they were awake. You would have heard screaming and crying, and you probably saw something fly across the screen. Mm -hmm. Sure. Sure. Well, that's great. Um, We're going to let you guys uh, get to the rest of your day. I'm going to go back and step back into my laptop. (laughs) I I want to leave on one note. I just, what we've done this season is pretty incredible up to this point. Yes. And if, if you haven't been to a Gunslingers game, come be a part of this, what we're going to do this season. Yeah. going to be awesome. Absolutely. Get in now. Don't be the one that shows up at the championship game. Get in now because it's going to be awesome. I mean, yep. show up at the championship game if For you sure. want to, but don't be like, oh, I've been a, sl- I've been a Gunslinger fan. No. I almost said a Slinger fan. Yeah. People, Don't miss out on all the fun that we're going to have before then because, yeah. Hey, people, awesome. stop calling the San Antonio Gunslingers the Slingers. That drives me insane. <laughs> I almost did it myself, and don't do that. That's awful. We got Top Gunner calling us the Bunslingers, but. Yeah, yeah well. We answered that. Uh, he's coming. Oh, yeah. He's coming down here. We need to welcome him down here with lots of. Uh, Chicken paraphernalia. That's all I'm going to say. I wanted to have a, a hot dog in my pocket for when we won the game, and I was going to pull it out on him. <laughs> yes. There you go. Yes, that would have been great. The line so that didn't happen. I don't know how he calls himself the top gunner when they're what when they're they're, they're the bottom. Forward. They're on the bottom. Yeah, they're the bottom bottom gunner, right? You're, you're at the bottom, like the lower rear gunner. <laughs> right. It was, it was all good cool. Yeah. Yeah. No. They he, for, for Top Gunner and for West Texas. Yeah. Just, a lot of fun. They're having a lot of fun, and that's great. They're gonna get better as a football team, and and then uh, this is gonna be a real fun rivalry. It already is. Yeah, um, it's cool. You know, it's already a good mm-hmm. time. That's Jordan April Stubing. They are part of the Gunslingers organization, and they took the time out to spend some time with us. They want to see you. They want to see you this Sunday at Freeman Coliseum for the San Antonio Gunslingers game. Thanks so much for hanging out with us, guys. We appreciate you. We love you guys. Thank you. Thank y'all. Thank you, guys. All right, Leo. Well, we lost RC. She's not feeling real well, so uh, she had to jump out. Um, But I'm ready. I'm ready for San Antonio football to be back in San Antonio. It's only been a few weeks since we didn't have uh, Brahma's football, and it still feels like it's been forever yeah. since we've had a game to go to. I'm I'm excited. I, I really can't wait for this weekend, and it's it's going to be exciting to see uh, your Freeman Coliseum again and what the crowd's going to be like and, and, and be engaged. And uh, where we are down in the end zone, it, it, I had a lot of fun last time. I can't wait to do it again in that party zone. Absolutely. Um, And if you are somebody that just, you want to go to the game, you'd love to be there, you just don't have the financial ability to get there, I'm going to do you a real big favor right now. If you know somebody that you want them to come to the game, but they can't do it, I got this for you right here. 
It is a four-pack. It is a, four, a pass for four tickets to this Saturday, Sunday's game. Sunday. This Sunday's game. All you need to do, all you have to do is message the San Antonio, uh, not San Antonio Gunslingers, the Smoking Guns podcast and say, I want four tickets to the game. That's it. First person that does it, I'm going to send you the information that's on the back of this sucker and they are going to take care of you over at the Gunslingers and you're going to have four tickets to the game. You can bring your family. You can bring three buddies with you. You can do whatever you want to do with those four tickets. Um, but I'm going to give them to you. We're going to give them to you because they were given to us to give to you. But you've got to message me at the San Antonio, uh, at uh, Smoking Guns Podcast, either on Twitter or Facebook. Uh, you could try to get me a message on Instagram. I've got it. Um, so you could get it there and I will send you the information on the back of this sucker. Jordan Steubing, by the way, says, hey, there's a gunslinger truck coming soon to the Freeman Coliseum. Can't wait to see that. So if you want to go to the game and you don't have tickets and you can't afford tickets or your neighbor has been talking, you've been trying to talk him into coming to the gunslinger game and he just doesn't know if he wants to spend the money. I got him right here. You just got to send me a message and say, Hey, I want him," and I'll do it. I'll send it to you. All right. Uh, Lolise has been busy. Apparently she said, Oh man, I missed April and Jordan. They were here forever. Yeah. <laughs> She was she was she was out uh, doing a, a a work community thing with friends and and uh, she just I heard the door when she came in yeah she just missed him. Coach Fritchard was not able to join us tonight. He usually does mm-hmm. on Monday evenings, but he just got out of meetings a few minutes ago. He texted me uh, and hey, that's great. They're getting ready. Uh, Leo, let's talk real quickly as we close things down about this game this weekend. Uh, I've mentioned it a couple of times, but it does already have postseason implications. A win here for the Gunslingers is huge. huge. A loss here for the Gunslingers is not great, but it's not as big as a win. A win would be big. Look, dropping to five and one, you're certainly not panicking or saying, oh, man, it's in the world. But the fact that it could be a major implication if certain things fall the you know a certain way and Jacksonville happens to catch up in the standings and then it would be a, a tie-breaking situation. So in that sense, yes, it's very important. But you know, if you told me at the beginning of the season after six games the gunslingers would be five and one, I'd be like, oh that's awesome. Take that, yeah. Yeah. Um what it does, here's what it does. A win allows us to I don't want it not coast, but we don't have to worry about what's in our rearview mirror. A win, we don't have to look in the rearview mirror. We're not worried about it. Right. A loss brings us one game closer to the Sharks, gives them the tie breaking, uh, most likely, unless they only win by one point. But uh, even if they do win by one point, I think the fourth tiebreaker is overall point differential, and we don't have that either. So. A loss here, and all of a sudden they're a game closer. They hold the tiebreaker. You now have to start looking back at the Sharks and seeing are they gonna are they gonna keep pace with us, or are they going to uh, you know drop another game? We need them to lose a game. We start thinking about needing them to lose a game here or lose a game there. Yeah, we don't want a, that. Mm-hmm. A win is just you know we're clear we're clear sailing. 
Right. But it's going to be a tough game. Sam Castronova played incredibly well against Albany, and I expected him to. He's mad at Albany. Um, but this this gunslinger pass rush is not something that I, I, I'm not sure other teams have this. They don't have a Justin Alexander. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't have some of these things that you have to worry about. And Ralph was right. Like I was expecting a lot of sacks in that West Texas game. West Texas changed their whole offensive strategy. They did. Because they knew that they could not take time in the backfield, um, back behind that line. Yeah. And that's worrisome because they kind of laid out a blueprint. They did. On what to do for uh, for the rest of the league, on what to do against the gunslingers if you want to, um, you know, offset that pass rush that they have. Um, so that that is worrisome for sure. But it's a chess game, and yes. and now we've seen what they can do to counteract our pass rush. So now it's it's Fred Shaw and Coach Rich and those guys get to go to their whiteboard and go, okay, if they do that, what then, do we do to do? You yep. know, we start sending our uh, we start sending our coverage guys lower in coverage. Normally, you don't let guys behind you. Mm-hmm. But if you know that their quarterback is just dropping back and throwing the ball as quickly as they can, maybe you try to start undercutting some of those routes because he's not looking. He's not making sure your guy is is out of position to get to that ball. And if you start making uh, cutting underneath some of those routes, maybe you wind up with some interceptions. Maybe. Yeah, I, I, I hate leaving. I hate letting guys get behind the defense in any situation. But yeah, well. That's you know, it's luckily, an option. It's an yeah, option. It's it's an option. Yeah. Luckily, I have all the confidence in Coach Shaw and Coach Rich that they're going to be able to go back and look at this film and figure things out. And if it's not that, you know, something else so that they can do right that will that will prevent uh, that from if someone game plans that that particular way, they can handle it uh, with more effectiveness than they did in this last game. So. This game is so much about possessions. Um, mm-hmm. If you leave open possessions on the field, whether it's a turnover or a turnover on downs, if you leave possessions open without scoring, uh, just like an open frame in in bowling, if you leave it open um, and you don't close out that frame, it, they stack up really quickly. And the nice thing about the gunslingers is we've seen them come back from multiple possessions down Two really good teams. They've done it at Jackson. They've done it against Jacksonville. Um, mm-hmm. So at no point in the game on on uh, Sunday do you need to feel like I ah, if Jacksonville gets up by a couple of touchdowns, it's not over because that's happened before. Yeah, for sure. Um, and and one of the other things I wanted to 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 bring up. Uh, um, as far as a uh, advantage for gunslingers is how deep their wide receiving core is. We've talked about it before, but I yeah. think this last game just totally reinforced that where, okay, you're never going to take Cali Rashad out of a game outside of injury or something like that. You're, you're right. never going to be able to be able to completely uh, eliminate him uh, from a game or offset him. But, Give the Warbirds credit that he didn't score this no, game. That's great, and and they they sure did defensively, you know, key in on him, 
and he had some amazing plays with uh, some juke moves, you know, moves on top of moves, but right. wasn't able to get into the end zone. Uh, I'm certain they game planned, you know, to to key in on on Cali, and and it showed. And then, um, so you go you go to Philip um, Barnett, mm-hmm. who has been really a, a huge cog in the offense and mainstay of the offense uh, throughout the season. And they got into his head a little bit with some of the physical play, and there were some little altercations of things between plays uh, in the game. And um, I, I think that affected, you know, that that did a little bit about his on his effectiveness as as well. But then you have like Kadir Chisholm, who just had an, an amazing game. Uh, what do you have? Two touchdowns. Uh, he led the team in in receptions and receiving yards. So it's. I don't know how deep you have to go before you can you can uh, kind of offset these threats that the gunslingers have in their passing offense, and most teams aren't equipped to to go that deep and be able to 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 offset those guys. So it's right. it's an it's an attribute to the depth that they have there, and it's a real problem for the rest of the league. It's uh, great to have that for the gunslingers. But let me tell you, let me explain something to you, San Antonio gunslingers fans. Uh, there's something about the Jacksonville game earlier this season that is different this time. It's here, which mm-hmm. means you can affect the game. We've talked about it before on the show. We've talked about it when it comes to Commander's football. We've talked about it when it came to Brahma's football. A crowd in the building can affect the game. You can make it so loud when the Jacksonville Sharks are on offense that they can commit penalties that they that they commit mistakes that things happen that they don't plan for and five yards makes all the difference in the world on third down yep like it makes all the difference in the world on third down or fourth down um and you can do that um but you got to be there you can't do it sitting at home in front of your tv you can't do it checking the score later you can't do it watching the uh the feed that night once you get home, you can only do it from inside the Freeman Coliseum. Uh, they've had 7,500 people in Star Arena there in Jacksonville. It's happened. Mm-hmm. There's no reason San Antonio couldn't couldn't come to that number. I don't I don't know I don't think it'll happen this game. I'd love to see it. I don't think it'll happen this game, but it's got to start somewhere. And so you got to be in the stadium and you're like, yeah, Philip, but you're not even going to be there. That's true. I'm not, um, I'm kind of topping, talking hypocritically right now, but I got a daughter graduating and I'm not going to tell her I'm missing any part of her graduation weekend, uh, because I'm going to a football game. And so sometimes those things happen, but man, get in this stadium, uh, get in this arena. If you have an opportunity to, because you can affect the game. Uh, you can make this easier on our San Antonio Gunslingers. You can make it harder on the Jacksonville Sharks. I guarantee you Jacksonville thinks that way. Their fan base thinks that way. And we've got to start thinking that way, that we have the ability to affect these games. Yep. Um, and you've got an opportunity right here to give your Gunslingers the inside track to uh, a championship right here in the Freeman. Um That'd be great. I'd love to see him hold a trophy over their head on our field. Like that's that's the dream, and it's possible. Yep. Um, but it starts this week. Five and zero is great. That's wonderful. 
but you lose this game and that all starts to erode underneath us. Yep. It's like Coach Coach Shaw has preached all season long. Five and zero is great, but we're not going to think about that now. We're right. just going to focus on one and zero. Right. This week. Yep. Uh, they got great weapons in Jacksonville. They've got a good quarterback. They've got a great quarterback in Jacksonville. But as good as Sam Castronova is, the Gunslingers have dealt with him already this season, and they dealt with him last season. He's not. Uh, He's not Tom Brady. He's not uh, Tommy Grady of the of the Arena <laughs> League. He's he's not those guys. Uh, the Gunslingers can beat him because they have. They've already done it once this season uh, when he was with Albany back before Albany was a joke. Back when Albany was an actual team that we needed to worry about. Um, Sam Castronova was the quarterback of that team, and we beat him there. And we can beat him again. Um, what else, Leo? What else do we have to say about gunslinger football? Or Brahma football? Is there any Brahma stuff that we're missing? Uh, there's a draft that yeah, they gonna do. They're going to do a rookie draft. I saw that. Yeah. Uh, I forget when that is. I think uh, in, is it in June? June? Yeah. It's in June. So um, that, that'll, that'll be interesting to see. I'm definitely looking forward to that. Really I'll, smart. I'll, yeah, I think so because really, of the timing, really right? Yeah, right. you were you were explaining that to somebody on a on a Facebook post, I believe. Yeah, because what it does is it allows all of these players to get drafted from college, and then it allows the players that didn't get drafted to sign their undrafted free agency contracts, mm-hmm. and then the pool that's left over, you take your first shot at as the XFL, and you say, "Hey, you're not in the NFL yet." We want you to come play here. Before the USFL has an opportunity to do it, you step in and say, hey, we want the best of that pool of players that's left um, here in the XFL. And so you begin drafting them and hooking them into a team. It seems awfully early, but it's the perfect time to do it because it's right before camp starts. It's when all of those other transactions are done. Drafts are done. Undrafted free agency contracts are done. And now you have this opportunity to take the pool that's left of college players and say, hey, you may think your career is over. It's not. Let's just get you some tape in a different way. I think it's genius. I think the timing is absolutely genius. I could be yep. wrong, but man, I think it's smart. I agree. I agree. Looking forward to that, definitely. But what I'm looking most forward to is this Sunday, man. Freeman uh, Coliseum, 3 o'clock. Be there early. Don't get there at three. You want to get you want to get those uh, those first five hundred hats. I didn't realize there were other ones. I didn't know yeah. there were blue and red ones. Yeah, so you. I just saw pick. the white one on the graphic, and I was like, yeah. ah, the the whites. Okay, that's all right. He mentions a blue one, and I'm like, no, I want that. I want <laughs> the blue, blue one and a red one, and so that you know it's first come first serve. You get the choice. So the earlier there that you get to choose which hat you want, and then those awesome you know uh, jerseys. Uh, for this game, limited edition jerseys. You get your 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 choice of of buying those before they sell out. Uh, uh, Jordan mentioned new T-shirts. Uh, every time I've been to the merch table, there's like so many. I always see something new that I hadn't seen before. Oh yeah, there's always some cool stuff, and then there's always some things that I'm like, oh, that's really cool, but I'm not sure I should get that right now. Maybe I'll get it next time. And then I go to the merch and check it out, and it's not there anymore. Not there it's anymore. Like, yeah. So that stuff sells. It sells pretty quick. So, you know, make sure you go and check it out early rather than later. And, you know, 
be missing out on something but get there early but and get there early so you can see the introductions the introductions are a lot of fun and you don't miss a minute of that action because it's going to be amazing absolutely well with all that being said when it comes to football uh all across the country whether it's football on the 100 yard field or the 50 yard fight uh whether it's in fayetteville or albany or orlando or jacksonville um even out in west texas and odessa where we just came from when it comes to football in the arena for the next uh 10 weeks i'm sorry 12 weeks because there's two extra weeks we need to add on there when it comes to football the 210 has got something to say bang bang <laughs>